0: You're listening to opinions and beer. I prefer mead. You sent me to hell, Jason. I really just want to make everybody jealous. <laughs> I, I'm a person on Listen, what are we talking about? I reckon it sounds like opinions and beer. You can do it, Dingo. Oh, I'm good.
1: You're one of the smartest dumb guys I've ever met. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to Opinions and Beer. I'm your host, Adam. Today, it's just me. But don't worry, I'll be interviewing two people on today's episode. But first, let's get to the Beer of the Day. And today's Beer of the Day is is and kugel's canoe paddler it is a collage style beer it is five percent alcohol by volume it has an ibu of 11. a collage style beer is an l it is a top fermenting yeast um, so this is an l so i'm going to go ahead and try this beer now it's an l but it tastes it's very light l and honestly and i guess just how it's brewed um it kind of has a very lagery taste but i think that's just line and you know line and you know their shandies are really w- well done but their regular beers they're just uh, their standard non-flavored beers taste a lot like um, something that budweiser would put out and I, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that i i, I believe budweiser has actually purchased uh line and uh, rather recently or maybe it's been a, a few years now but but uh Line and I'm I'm still going to give you the praise and say that you are you started off as a, I, I I'm going to give you the praise and call you a craft beer even though um you're owned by the big corporations but <laughs> uh Canoe Paddler is definitely a um if you want a more beer tasting beer Canoe Paddler is the way to go so I like that Line and uh releases this every so often so that you can have a so you can not buy Budweiser, look cool, and enjoy a beer that tastes like Budweiser, even though Budweiser doesn't taste that good. <laughs> so that's that. I'm I'm gonna give this a solid. Um, well, it's an L, so I don't know if I should. Should I, I if I rank it? I'm gonna I, I'm gonna give this a a canoe missing an oar. That's when we get this. It's canoe missing one oar. Well she I think you need two oars to paddle a canoe. Oh no, maybe not. Whatever. Here's my interview with Jessica Ross, followed by my interview with London Seabreeze. So it's just an episode full of great interviews. Hope you enjoy. Here we go.
1: No worries, they're not.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I just you know, I, I leave the settings exactly the way I left them. I come back, every time I come back, it seems to have changed.
1: I, I know, this is why I'm actually the, being a guest on your podcast, and I don't have my own podcast right now, right? No, I know, it's, it's, I've, um, I've hosted a lot of shows and you know, a lot of stuff where you go to the studio, and the producer has to do a bunch of different things, and I know how that is.
0: Yeah, and uh, so uh, let me tell you a little about the show. This is Opinions and Beer. We uh, uh, most recently we've 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 fallen down a rabbit hole of interviewing um, independent filmmakers and even major filmmakers, actors, directors, and and uh, people of interest that made you know documentary. It's just been fun. It's been really fun uh, traveling down this rabbit hole. It became a it became a burden trying to keep up with all the uh, uh, messages, and that's why I went ahead and decided to create a that uh the IMDb listing. <laughs> Just so, just so I can just look through a, a little list instead of a instead of a th- th- however many messages and stuff that I get. So yes, yeah,
1: yeah, it makes it a lot a lot
0: easier. I'm sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. So now I'm I'm gonna do my best uh, to to just uh, solo it with you, if that's okay.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Okay, so uh, so Miss Jessica, I've got I've got seven. Quick questions before we get into the the, uh, the brunt of everything. We, before we get into everything, I got seven quick, fun questions for you. Okay.
1: Okay. It's, okay. Pr-
0: it's rather uh, simple, simple questions, <laughs> simple answers. Okay. Mhm. Favorite color?
1: I would have to say turquoise.
0: Favorite movie?
1: Uh, the Devil Wears Prada.
0: Favorite musical artist?
1: That's a tough one. You know, there's so many. I, gosh, I really, let me think about. Well growing you know, growing up I was in love with Madonna and gosh, I used to listen to all the boy bands. And I'm trying to think now. I have to really pick like one artist now. It's gonna gosh, it's gonna take a minute. Um, you know, I i really love Adele's voice. I think she's very talented. So I guess you can I call her my favorite artist, but do love her voice. Okay. Okay. So we can, so, oh, gosh. Uh, but, yeah, I actually, you know, maybe right now I probably don't even have a, gosh, let me try to think, do I really even have a favorite music, musical artist? I, I just, you know, I listen to a little bit of everything right now, I have to tell you. I just kind of go on Pandora. So I just say I, I kind of like a little bit of everything, a little bit of EDM and Top 40, and I'm good.
0: Okay. Uh, Burger King or McDonald's?
1: You know, I have to say neither because I am mostly vegan. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so neither. Good choice. That's the yeah. best choice. It trip... probably
1: is good for your health, yeah, right? It's a
0: trick <laughs> <a trip> question. <laughs> 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 uh, favorite superhero?
1: My favorite? Well, gosh, I would have to say, I mean, Wonder Woman because, hello, she's, you know, a good female role model, and um, I dressed up as her many years ago for Halloween, so... I have to say, I love Wonder Woman for sure.
0: Favorite Nickelback song?
1: <laughs> is, is this an oxymoron, or is this? <laughs> oh gosh! Well, I... so gosh, you know, can I... I'm gonna have to Google that one. Actually, do I have, to have some time to go on the internet? <laughs> I know they—they they have that one song from like, like 15 million years ago. I think my mom listened to it, and it was like. And my and I, it think goes like you remind me how how I really am or something. Or yeah, like yeah. Are, are
0: you trying to say that Nickelback is mom rock?
1: Uh, no, not at all. I mean, everyone can appreciate Nickelback, <laughs> no matter what. Right? So, I mean, moms, dads, you know, grandparents. Right? You neighbors.
0: Know, <laughs> Anyone over uh, forty five, I guess. Yeah.
1: Something like that, right? Now. Music's <laughs> for everyone, no. <though. laughs>
0: okay, so. uh, favorite Illuminati meetup location?
1: Yeah, gosh, well, gosh, you know, for all the meetups that I go to, I'm going to have to, can't just, I can't really. <laughs> Where do you get this question from? Where do they meet up, actually? Can you inform me so we can pick one? Oh,
0: no, I don't know. There's a trick question. I was trying to get you to spoil the beans, but darn it.
1: Um, Okay. Okay. Well. Well. Sadly, I'm. I'm not in the Illuminati, so I can't really.
0: Oh, um, not yet. This. Oh, you're saying they haven't contacted you yet.
1: Or maybe. Maybe I just haven't gotten their message. Might. Might be in one of my spam folders, or just haven't gotten around to
0: it. Right. <laughs> it pops up in a spam folder. <laughs> That'd be funny.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. That's how it works. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so that was just a little fun, <laughs> fun questions. <laughs> so let's move on to the. To real stuff. Uh, tell me, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your background. Where do you come from? How'd you grow up? What led to you? What led to you to pursue the entertainment industry?
1: Well, I, I guess it really helped you know, growing up in Southern California. I was born and raised in Southern California, just outside of Los Angeles, and yeah, I grew up in the entertainment industry, and I was always exposed to it. And I think just you know, living out here, you're exposed to it all the time. And because of that, I was something I've I've always been interested in, fashion and acting and, you know, um, publicity. And so I majored in marketing at Cal State Northridge, where I also took acting classes during college. And um, I did a pretty well-known movie in college. And so that's kind of like how I got into acting. And then when I graduated... In addition to acting, I started working in casting. So I was casting for a lot of various reality shows, which was, you know, really interesting and exciting. And, you know, of course, you meet a lot of interesting people, um, and you learn a lot as well for your acting career. And then afterwards, let's say I took a little break from acting and moved to Miami, which was an adventure and a lot of fun. Um, And when I moved back to California, I started working a lot in public relations. My first major client was the Kardashians TV home. And I was able to get them all over the internet, um, over like 50 media placements, like on TMZ and just numerous other outlets. And then um, since then, I've been working in PR and then I got back into acting, doing some reality shows and um, hosting and, you know, just so many different things I've been working on. And um, currently, I'm in the process of filming something called Malibu Crush uh, with with a director, and um, once he moves uh, to the US from Australia, we'll be shooting that very soon. And I'm also working on something called iTalk Events, which is debuting April 12th, and I'm going to be one of the speakers there as well. So I'm um, really excited about that.
0: So uh, tell me a little bit more about these projects that you've worked on in the past. Like, uh, I know you said something you worked on a big thing on, in college. And uh, you also talked about the uh, the fashion stuff. I know you did a fashion show, but tell me a little bit yeah. more about the uh, all these projects you've worked on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, I've said so many different projects. So the first movie I did, um, pretty major movie in college, was called The Boys and Girls Guide, and you know it was a crazy comedy um, about a bunch of people and the party scene. And you know it was any kind of film. When you do any kind of film, you really have no idea what's going to happen to it, and it ended up you know, being on video and screening um, at the Chinese Theater on Hollywood Highland and, you know, having billboards up. And, you know, when it was out, people several times have recognized me. So it was, you know, really exciting, I think, to really just get your foot in the door in Hollywood and you know, learn about going on red carpets, what it takes to do publicity, actually, you know, filming and being on set in any independent film. You really see so much. So you learn about production and you learn about, you know, just learning, like, doing your lines in different ways and how so many times, like when you're acting, the script is almost irrelevant. So a lot of times there'll be a scene on the script and when you actually get to set, everything's completely changed around. So it was such a learning experience. Um, and, you know, it, it really like brought everything together for me and really, I guess really made me realize how much I love acting and how much I love the whole you know, industry.
0: What have been some of the most uh, challenging aspects of all this
1: well i mean of course the acting a challenging aspect is you know just booking we never know i've it's like i film so many different jobs and you never know what's going to take off and what's going to not take off so the most stressful thing is it's very unpredictable like you know you can do something and i've done you know pilots for you know major networks and absolutely nothing happens and then like i did any kind of film in college that goes in the chinese theater. So it's like it's so difficult to figure out, like, okay, what should I do next? You know, what's going to happen to the work that I'm doing, and you know, what what of my projects is going to take off? So that's really stressful, for sure.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm definitely there with 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 the, I'm definitely there with you when it comes to the uh, the unpredictability of of all this entertainment, the entertainment industry as a whole, and uh, wondering what people will cling on and what people are going to, you know. You know, act and react to and stuff like that. Especially when you put, you, there's so many people out there putting in so much hard, like yes. hard work, hard crazy work, putting out good, yes. c- good content. But the thing is, it's so over. It's almost, it's almost oversaturate, oversaturated, and just the the algorithms of how it's put out. You know, you just, it's just the luck of the draw when it comes to you know if you get seen.
1: And no, and that's very true. And that's why, like having doing publicity and putting yourself out there. And, you know, going to events um, and, you know, just like I said, doing interviews like this and everything is so important because there is a lot of competition. So you have to make yourself stand out. I mean, like when I first started, social media wasn't really popular back like 10 years ago. And now it's so important. to I me. Mean, my agent is telling me to get more followers. So there's so many different things. Like there's so much more work to it than people think. But just even building your followers takes forever. <laughs> and that's just, right and that's just a small part of everything
0: like i can't even get the ones i have like what's weird about podcasting you know uh used to i we did a we did a show called the beer guys a while back and we we actually had a pretty decent size following and fans and they would send us money and stuff like that and uh and that kind of uh that kind of went under because uh so you know whoever went to college and so we had to just went ahead and stopped doing the show and we wanted to i wanted to bring back something uh, bring something back and I'm, I'm back on this doing this little podcast thing and it's way different than what we were doing and uh, and I can see that the whole world's listening except for maybe three states <laughs> I can see, you know, I can sit there and look at the st- statistics and see, you know, what state's downloading the episodes and what not listening in, but I can't get these mother to subscribe to nothing! I can't get them to subscribe to my Instagram, <laughs> on my Twitter. I'm like, what is oh going my. on, guys? But apparently that's just, just how the uh, podcasting world is, is they just- the uh, podcast listeners, like those- that audience, they, they're just not big uh, social media followers, like they'll- I didn't
1: know that. they It's interesting.
0: They'll listen, like, I mean, they'll listen, and they'll, uh, well, I have a few people, like, I think we had, uh, we had Philip Andrew on, and, you know, he got followers from doing our podcast, but we, but they don't, want, they don't want to expose themselves to us. It's like, what's going on? You're killing us, guys.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know it's social media. You have to, like, sponsor posts now, and you have to, like, I, that's, like, a lot of people I know, they actually sponsor posts so that they can get more followers, and, um, yeah, that's really important. Also to, like, have contests and giveaways and... Yeah. It, like, I feel like social media isn't free anymore. Like, you literally... If you have a business or show or movie, in addition to updating your social media, I think you also have to sponsor posts as well, too. And, you know, do all that annoying stuff. <laughs>
0: so tell me a little bit more about your upcoming uh, film that you're doing with the Australian director.
1: Yeah, so I'm working a film with... Um, well with James Pratt and it's called Malibu Crush and of course it you know takes place in Southern California and it's kind of like a young adult um comedic drama and um I'm looking forward to it you know we've been trying to get this together for a while and actually what's taking so long is that the director um you know goes between Australia and Los Angeles and and is working you know on the um with green card and all the immigration stuff which takes forever so even trying to film this for a while um And um, But yeah, I'm really looking forward to shooting that around the summer, and um, what I have even much sooner, if you're going to be in Philadelphia, um, I'm doing something called italk events, and it's super exciting. There's going to be so many incredible business leaders um, for entertainment and the corporate world, and um, it's going to be like a nightclub setting. It's a little bit like TED Talks, but more interesting and fun. So everyone gets to say a nine minute speech and there's all different topics. Um, so it's really great for people that are looking to advance their career and listen to some really cool speakers and get like a TED Talk um, type of you know, education, but that's more fun and exciting and you know, laid back and more of a party setting than, okay, you're sitting you know, in a conference room. Um, so, it's, and it's at the Kimmel Center, which is a beautiful, I don't know if you've ever been there before, but it's a beautiful um, performing arts center in Philadelphia. So, super excited about that. I'm in the process of creating a really cool speech, actually guiding people as to how they can do their own publicity and social media um, to help, you know, advance their career, whether they're actors or authors or, you know, um musicians, or, you know, business people looking to um, get publicity.
0: Yeah, that sounds really cool. I've actually never even, I don't think I've even heard of iTalk until you said something.
1: Well, well, it's actually the first one, so that's why. Okay. I My bad. I know, no, it's it's a premiere event, it's actually the first one, but you know, there's there's other stuff similar, you know, um, but this, but like I said, there's other stuff with similar names, but this really stands out because... Who's, it uh, is,
0: who's putting this together? So
1: it's put together by... Jen Montague and she's Elias playing it together, and our headlining speaker is Desiree Rogers. And um, this isn't one of to- those.
0: Uh, this isn't one of those fire festival things, is it? Oh
1: no, <laughs> no definitely not a fire festival. Okay, okay. just just making sure. <laughs> this is the real deal. They actually, I actually look. You can look up the Kimmel Center, and it, you know, it's it's um, in the middle of Philadelphia, so you can actually call. Call them and you know there's no tents. They actually um, encourage people to stay at the hotels nearby or Uber. <laughs> you, no
0: oh, you mean oh, you mean outside on the patio at the hotels nearby? We yeah. have a little uh, like TP set up and everything. Huh? <laughs> no,
1: no, no grilled cheese and tents for people now. We I mean, definitely there's actually you know there's a dinner option. I think it's like for an extra fee, which is like a, a nice three course dinner. <laughs> but like I said, no styrofoam and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, I, I think like, you know, if that was in the United States, the fire Festival, like that one, they would have been able, they would have been caught really fast. <laughs> <it was> <laughs> and,
0: so you're, uh, you're, you're giving a speech at ITalk, you said?
1: Yes, I'm doing a, I'm doing a speech, exactly, yes. And um, I'm looking forward to it, you know, it's, it's going to be really exciting and really informative. I told, yes, I told you. It's 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 really going to be about. I mean, there's several different things. Um, my topic is like change, innovation. So I'm really talking about how I transition, you know, from working, um, having a stable full-time PR job to now both doing PR and acting, and everything that goes along with it, and then also to how to do your own social media and public relations to advance your career forward. So, so it's. Yeah, and it's it really, it's about, like, my personal story, like, you know, how I started taking acting classes and how I dealt with my fear of, you know, going to acting class and being in college and being, like, the least experienced person, but still, you know, having the confidence to um, go on stage and, you know, be in one of the most difficult acting classes in town. So I talked about that and um, then going to talk about, like I said, just all the different ways to get yourself out there and the different resources to, help yourself get interviews, and help yourself get more followers.
0: So, so. Are, are you going to be uh, giving this speech while everyone's, like, raving and, you know, dropping acid and stuff? Party? Oh, no, no,
1: there's no, this is not like a rave. You said there was party in this, it'd be club party. party. Well, it's like a party, you know, with people having a few drinks. Like a, oh, like party. a, like a
0: professional party.
1: I, I, well, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, almost, um, like, I would almost call it like a, a like a, like a red carpet event almost, but combined with informational speakers, so it's like a classy, fun party and a, and a nightclub setting. But and no, no, don't think professional like an i talk. I mean, not an i talk, but like what I'm talking about it, like a TED talk, you know. But more just like a fun, but not crazy, insane going to a festival or going to... You know, there's a happy medium with things. (laughs) So I think this is like the happy medium where, like I said, it's not a TED Talk, but it's not Coachella or, you know, the Fire Festival either.
0: (laughs) Well, darn. (laughs)
1: You know, but but there might be... There's plenty of places afterwards. I I, I actually, you know, I have not partied in Philadelphia yet. Have you partied in Philadelphia? I have not. Okay. (laughs) so I don't know exactly how... Maybe some of our listeners can tell us um, how the how the scene is out there. Um, I'm just I'm really excited, and I'm hoping for nice sunny weather. So they say it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and hopefully, um, <laughs> it lives up to its title. So we shall see.
0: Um, what are some of your uh, your uh, your big your short term and long term goals within the next five years?
1: Gosh, well, there's so many. I mean, uh, my short term goal is to really book my dream acting job um, and my long-term goal some of my long-term goals include I'm doing a petite fashion line that's also vegan because I really do care about animals I also would like to invest in real estate in the long term because I feel like renting is such a waste of money so and I also would like to open up a business um, and um, and also to get another place back east I really with my goal is actually to live in several different cities I think it's Great because I have so much family on the East Coast, but I do love the weather on the West Coast. So, I um, would like to definitely get a place in Miami a few months out of the year. So yeah, that's a few of my goals that I have.
0: Yeah, the East seems the East is very uh, humid and muggy, so I can assume <laughs> I can see why the West, the the weather in the West Coast is a lot better.
1: Yeah, so no, I, I feel like, and I've been all over the country, and I've lived in Miami before, and I just. I feel like the weather in California really is the best. I mean, everywhere that I've been, whether it's Vegas, Miami, New York, or everywhere in between, there's just no place like California or Southern California when it comes to the weather.
0: Right. So, uh, h- how long have you been vegan?
1: Gosh, I have been vegan for a little bit over five years, and I started off being vegetarian. Um, and, you know, then I, I started off because it's obviously very good for your health and for your weight and all that stuff and then I started watching a lot of videos about what goes on in factory farms and you know it's really heartbreaking to see what the animals go through so after watching those videos because I mean I I always would I was always in the dairy you know cheese I mean who doesn't love pizza and stuff like that so after I became vegetarian I still ate a lot of dairy but I'm telling you like those videos were even the animals that are used for dairy and eggs I mean they're still killed and they're still tortured so that inspired me to go vegan and I feel I feel so much better, um, and I've been the same weight probably since around high school. I can still wear my clothes from high school, so I do think that you know being vegan not only helps animals, but it really—if anyone's looking to lose weight um, and you know have a flat stomach and become vegan. I'm telling you, it's it's so good for for your health and your weight, and for animals.
0: That's a, and actually that's another reason why instead also as not just the college thing is just we kept we couldn't find uh, there were a lot there's a lot of beers out there to, to review and try and some of those beers include uh, they have honey in them and all kinds of stuff and he couldn't uh, my friend went vegan and he couldn't do the show anymore because there's too many beers that with unknown substances in them ah.
1: Okay, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it because like wine and beer. So it typically just show, is everyone drinking beers. Because I know obviously, it's, called, you know, it's it's beer in the title. Is so is it's usually like when it's on TV, is everyone sitting having a beer and talking or?
0: Oh, uh, oh yeah. Well, it's usually like a beer, like a like we usually review craft beer, and we uh, we attach it to the episode and whatnot.
1: Oh, that sounds that sounds like fun. And what's your? Uh, and I, where are you, first, where are you recording from?
0: We are recording in the, uh, Southeast Texas.
1: Wow, wow. Okay, I've been to I've been Texas before. I've been to Austin. We're mm-hmm. pretty
0: we're pretty close to Houston.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. No, very cool. And what was I was gonna going to say, but, so and there's a lot of good craft beer out there because out here in L.A., there's definitely a pretty big scene for that.
0: Yeah, uh... It's there's definitely a a a Texas craft beer scene. Uh, Texas laws are very weird, though. We can't get we can't get the reason why the the Texas craft beer scene is so large or so many different ones is because we can't get any from other states unless they go through. Yeah, unless they go unless they go through like the uh, the big the big companies like Budweiser and Miller. We we can't uh, we can't get them.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah, there's a one of the one of the bigger craft uh, brew companies in the area have been trying to uh, campaign to uh, get the law changed because it's uh, because the Texas market itself is becoming oversaturated. Now it's like you know Texas companies uh, versus each other, where uh, they they would like to see a flow of more from others, you know, other areas and states and stuff like that. So, oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, I was going to say because I, I thought the yeah, theme this podcast all that beer and um i was like yeah that's that's a cool you know cool little title
0: <laughs> it was just something simple and ba- we, we 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 want we wanted to have a radio show but uh podcast kind of required you to have some kind of a uh, shtick and so uh we used to review beer and i was like oh let's just review beer again and then uh do a radio show after
1: Hi, right. oh, that's great! Cool. Yeah, good idea. I know people have have a beer, listen to some interviews, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> Goes hand in hand.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, do you do you drink any uh, any beer? Yeah, I
1: I, I do, Yeah, I'm probably more of a vodka drinker, but I do I do drink beer. Yes, I I I like I gosh I love Heineken. That's probably in terms of beer. I've I've always liked Heineken. if like it's light and refreshing. Um, and, um, yeah, it doesn't have like the strongest taste. So I do. And gosh, in college, you know, everyone used to drink Corona in college. I saw a lot of Corona. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, for me, like I said, I'm definitely more of a vodka person. Um, so, so I, I feel like, yeah, vodka is definitely, um, Because you can mix it with so many different things and stuff like that, and it's more sweet. But I actually do, and I'm going to tell you the name of this beer. I have this delicious beer that I got in an event. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Primas Mural. Uh,
0: No, I haven't heard of that one.
1: Well, you should really try it. It's it's,
0: it's admirable that, you know, the the whole vegan vegan aspect is really cool, uh, you know. And uh, I know a lot of people are going the vegan route. I would go vegan if uh, Peter would stop sending me spam to my cell phone all the time. Uh, but but now now I can't go vegan as part of a protest against them sending me spam. No.
1: Oh, my God, that's that's hilarious. (laughs) You're like, well, you know, maybe you need to tell them that. Say, look, you know, your spam is doing the
0: opposite. I did. I did. I sent them messages. I responded to them, and they said, they're like, oh, put this to stop, and I put that to stop, and they keep doing it. They lied. They lied to me. I don't trust PETA no more.
1: (laughs) <laughs> well that's, that is too funny that and that that whatever. what are they standing? about just like text buggy need to go vegan let me guess or no well, it was like
0: recipes. yeah yeah It's it's a or buy buy our shirts and stuff like that i'm like i don't want to buy your shirt damn it
1: <laughs> oh my gosh maybe what he needs to do is give you like some free coupons to some you know some free like vegan food and um that t- that should convince you. Do they have a lot of vegan food in Texas, or?
0: Uh, probably not. I don't <laughs> think. So. I don't think uh, so. I think, I think they're uh, they're a uh, lot they're anti-vegan here for some reason.
1: I would say, yeah, just, just a little. Yeah, just just I think in general, like like outside of a lot of major cities, or they look at you like you're. I'm gonna go to Philadelphia and try to find a vegan Philly cheesesteak. So wish me luck on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of. I think a lot of big. A lot of big cities are definitely adapting more. I think – I bet you I bet you. Uh, Austin had a lot of uh, vegan air, uh, restaurants. Yeah, I think they do. I think, dude, I think that that's,
1: like, the only place in Texas they can probably get good Oh,
0: vegan. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: If, The rest of Texas are like, um, no, go somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Like, that, go back to LA. <laughs>
0: definitely a, they definitely have a southern mentality down here, so. <laughs> southern mentality. Uh,
1: but, but, yeah, so um, – but, yeah, so I'm – yeah, it's just a, a lot – a lot that the I'm looking forward to and so much um, going on and everything though and um, so so yeah and I guess I, I don't know did I talk about my Instagram and everything or
0: yeah, talk, give us a little bit yeah give us a little bit more wait wait wait, wait, wait. okay actually I, I, my bad I saved that for the end I have one more question and then we can do closing and you can give me anything that we may have missed is that cool oh uh, yeah
1: don't no I know I didn't even know I wasn't sure yeah I wasn't sure exactly the format of this I'm so um, sorry
0: no, it's no, it's cool. It's, it's open topic. You can you can splatter and tell us that we're dumb and everything, and it'd be fine. Uh, don't
1: worry. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Okay. Uh, uh,
0: what would you say to anyone as advice that may be pursuing a future in the entertainment world? What are some things that maybe you wish someone would have told you? Because you know a lot of our listeners are in fact they're up and comers. They're you know. Uh, you know, like independent filmmakers, like I said, they're they're just starting. They just released their brand new film and stuff like that. Uh, what are some advice you'd give to these people that want to be in this world?
1: I mean, I would say, first of all, it takes a lot longer than, you know, people think. So first advice, first piece of advice is to definitely be patient, is that if you're expecting to make it in a year or two, you're going to be in for a big surprise because it's so competitive. And so you really should have like a long-term plan and really expect To, you know, be a part of the industry for many years before you see any sort of, you know, success. Um, And then the second, of course, would be to network. I think it's, you really need to network, put yourself out there, meet as many people as possible. And um, the third, you know, is just to really have the never give up type of mentality. Because, like I said, you're going to deal with a lot of rejection and a lot of people telling you no. And you work on so many projects that don't make it. But then you get that one project that that, you know, becomes successful, and then it's all worth it. So that would just happen. And also, too, I would say is, like, whatever hometown you're in nowadays, because there's so many opportunities with our phones and our cameras to, you know, make a YouTube channel, build your social media followers, put videos of yourself out there. So, like I said, because nowadays with technology, you don't need to live in L.A. and New York to get started. And I really think, too, to get started in a smaller market, you're dealing with less competition. So to really, like, if you live in a small town, Every city in this country, you know, has some local productions, local commercials, local films. So start locally um, before you move to Los Angeles and build a portfolio in your hometown. So that, when you get to L.A. and it's so much more difficult, you're prepared more. And you have work behind you.
0: Says you, your hometown is L.A.
1: <laughs> I know. See, I have that option. I just, I just literally, you know, <sighs> just jumped in with the sharks. You and your
0: uh, California privilege.
1: <laughs> no, i you know, there's a good, I have to say, there's, there's a blessing and a curse with it, though. So, <laughs> so the funny thing, you know, because I, with a, lot, a lot of my, for example, you know, I also do publicity, so with my clients, my first step is I go to their hometown media. Well, for me, my hometown is LA, so I don't have the small hometown outlets that are just being like, okay, sure, yeah, we'll, we'll feature you. <laughs> so. <laughs> but the cool thing is obviously to, it is nice to, um, and to have not had to moved across the country and you know um, to be familiar with the area already and be familiar with Los Angeles before I started <laughs> out. <So, laughs> especially it's a, it's a crazy town and you know it takes a lot to, takes a long time to learn it. so I was glad that I knew my way and um, yeah, and, um, but hopefully that advice is helpful.
0: Oh yes, it was. That's actually, you know, it, all advice is helpful. I found all advice is gonna help somebody, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yes. Yes. But hey, sure. it's it's been awesome to have you on and talking with you. And well, yeah. Jan Bro Jan Brober, I, you, have you seen that? you seen that documentary. Which which
1: documentary is she in? Or?
0: Uh, abducted in plain sight.
1: No, I've heard of it though.
0: Oh yeah, it's intense. It's pretty nuts. And I uh,
1: know, and so and um, and she has many actors in the documentary, right? Or was she... I said, was she she the subject or she was one of the actors? She was the the subject. subject? Wow. That must have been... I have to listen to that. That must have been a really fascinating interview.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she was real cool. She was real nice and it was real nice talking to her and... Nice person, and she has. She knows she has a big movement right now, and I just want to. I like to plug it on our episodes because it's a big movement of how she's just you know trying to stop just child this child trafficking and the you know this, uh you know people that are take it take they take advantage of families and and uh, do horrible things to kids and oh, it's, so uh,
1: awful. No, that's so awful. I'm, that that's uh, really really awful, and especially you know um, like you know anything to a kids it really touches my heart. Actually, I have a PR client. Named Wes Eisley, and he's a magician, and he always um, does. He volunteers at children's hospitals and does like free magic for kids, so to help kids, to help kids that are sick and in the hospital, and help make their day better. So that's really cool that that she is, you know, that she's working with kids and you know trying to help kids as well. Because I even, you know, I said I have clients, and I always encourage my other PR clients to do charity work, and especially with children. So. I have to listen to that episode.
0: So uh, if, the, if there's anything, if there's anything that you feel we left out that you would like to plug, talk about, chat about, let me know, and we can do that now.
1: Well, I would say, first of all, I'd love for everyone to follow me on Instagram, and I will follow you back. My Instagram is Jessica Ross JessicaRossOfficial. Um, and then also, too, if you're going to be in the philadelphia area april 12th i would love for you to attend italk and check out all the incredible speakers as well as myself and you can get your tickets at italkevents.com and it was so lovely to connect with everyone and i really hope um, to be on your podcast again sometime soon
0: heck yeah it's fun having you on uh yeah it's fun having you on thank you very much you are welcome. Yeah,
1: yeah, have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Okay,
0: bye. And now my interview with London Seabreeze. Here we go. We have a great little list of interviews, so I's glad I'm glad to be able to add you to that list. Yeah, I'm glad to be a part of it for sure. Uh so we got a we got a, a few, we got seven little fun fun icebreaker questions for you okay so i'm gonna ask you these these seven questions
2: okay sounds good
0: okay uh favorite color
2: uh white
0: favorite candy bar
2: Ooh, maybe like a, twi- a take five
0: favorite movie
2: my movie the beach bum <laughs>
0: <laughs> that works yeah uh yes, favorite favorite water brand
2: Ooh, that's hard because right now i am only doing alkaline water um but i really really like fiji water fiji mm-hmm.
0: okay uh ryan reynolds or zach efron
2: Zach Efron, because he's in Beach Beachbone with me, so that's, like, no competition. Yeah,
0: Zach
2: Efron, for sure. uh, that, I, I have a natural bias. He's on the home team.
0: So right, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, favorite Taco Bell menu item?
2: I don't eat Taco Bell. Oh, that's fine. no. Oh, Chipotle.
0: Chipotle? Favorite Chipotle yeah. menu item. Oh, I guess. No,
2: there is, like, we don't, I don't consume Taco <laughs> Bell.
0: Only Chipotle. Only Chipotle. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite Nickelback song?
2: Oh uh, okay. You have to, you have to help me and like help me figure out if this is a Nickelback song. Is it? Living the beat boys and playing my soul. I want to get lost. No, I don't, uh, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's not. Nickelback. Oh, that's David Green. <laughs> that's, that's David <laughs> Gray. That's David Gray. So I don't, you know, I don't think I know any Nickelback song. I may if it's on the radio, but I probably don't know. If it's exactly <laughs> like it's them.
0: Okay. That's
2: I know that was my like far left.
0: I I'm completely wrong person. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. All good. And you know, some people. I'm I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked at the amount of the amount of people that don't know uh, Nickelback. Recently. Nickelback. You yeah. might have
2: to ask me my favorite Drake song. See, that's a different
0: world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so Miss uh, London, how'd you? You're you're not. That's uh, you chose that name, correct?
2: yeah so actually um previous to getting involved in film and and modeling um i actually worked in the cosmetology industry and um, i worked for a salon and spa that the staff was so large that when they hired you in they made you change your name to make sure there were like no booking errors so um this was about maybe back in 2012 so before i even started my job my name was changed to london and then all of my co-workers all of my clients for two years never even knew my regular name <laughs> so i always went by london and london was like the alias where i would post like my work and do like promotional things in regards to my career previous to modeling and acting and then when I transitioned into modeling and acting I just kept the name because some of the work that I do is a little bit different than who I am in my personal life So it's a way for me to keep a separation between the two.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. That's yeah, a, that's pretty cool It's always cool to yeah. have an alias. It's cool that you were yeah. able to yeah, have that <sighs> stick Hello?
2: I'm sorry,
0: what'd you say? Oh, yeah. I was just saying it was, it's really cool to have that stick. Uh. So tell, tell me a little bit more about your, uh, your background and, like, where do you come from? You know, how'd you grow up?
2: Yeah, so I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Midwest. Um, I grew up actually doing performing arts, so I'm, like, classically trained in ballet, tap, dance, and, like, got into acting. Um, it was all kind of a part of, like, my upbringing. Um, did a lot of screen well not screenplays but stage plays in minneapolis were really really big on like stage plays and commercials not too much film you don't really see a lot of films being shot obviously not feature films being shot in minneapolis but you will see like artistic short films so i've I've done some work in that area but um i just recently started branching out to other markets outside of minnesota um what I was more so interested in, uh, at beginning at least, was definitely capitalizing on my model my modeling career. And I knew that Minneapolis wasn't going to be the best market for that, so I started looking into New York and then to Miami. And so I started doing quite a bit of work in Miami in regards to modeling. And then I land I landed the beach bum back in uh, October of 2017, and that was kind of just honestly on a whim my agent was really pushing me she's like you know she really believed in me and you know she knows my background with you know my performing arts background and you know me having trading and acting so she really wanted me to try out for the role of uh matthew one of matthew mcconaughey's love interests and so i did and i ended up getting the part
0: <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's really awesome yeah it's, it's always cool to have a really uh a really nice support system i know uh I've noticed that a lot with a lot of the people we've interviewed is that their support system is really, really great. You know, that's probably the uh, one of the big catalysts, the differences between you know being, becoming successful and not.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Uh,
0: you actually um, did, was one of your first performances in a play called Black Nat- Black Nativity.
2: Yeah, Black Nativity is an original screenplay by Langston Hughes, and then it was later. Um, per- Uh, produced by Lou Bellamy so uh, I was in that when I was pretty young and then there was um, the guest uh, talent they ended up bringing in was actually Jennifer Holiday so that that was really cool
0: and how long did you uh were you in that
2: that was like almost a duration of three months actually it was quite some time they usually do it like right around the holiday season obviously hence the name Black Nativity um it's the same idea of like the nativity story of jesus um just given a black sense um but the exact <laughs> same story um but so they usually do it i believe from like around a little bit around like the end of october into the new year is kind of how that play runs
0: that's cool the uh, yeah I, I, so is that one of your first that's your first role ever or <laughs>
2: that was my first role ever i was a baby it was probably like 11 years old around that time.
0: Now, did you uh did you move from that to modeling and how long was that gap? Like, when did you start modeling?
2: Yeah, so actually, I started modeling when I was in cosmetology school. Um, they would use me as a hair model a lot of the times, so like, honestly when I was, cause, so I went, and, I got into cosmetology school when I was 16 years old, actually. So around that time, I was like an aspiring writer. So I was like, you know, I thought it was really vain to do modeling because I was like, I want people to like find my words beautiful. And like, I, I wanted people to find like more beauty in my essence than my aesthetic. So uh, that's kind of where I was mentally. But my instructors kept using me as hair models and then that evolved into like local photographers wanting to use me for different shoots and then local boutiques and then it evolved into like agencies in Minneapolis and then when I seen like like what the potential was for me I just kind of started going after it at that point and of course I like definitely developed a love for it like once I really got into it I just think like being young and not really knowing like where I was or how I felt about things, I really was like, "Well, I think it's vain to be a model. I think it's like too much." But over time, it's like something I, I really grew to love.
0: And uh, now, did you you wanted to move into acting, or is that all your uh, your agent?
2: No, I I've always wanted to move into acting. I've always like along with me being classically trained in ballet. We were always doing acting classes when we were younger. Um, you know, as an adult, you kind of start focusing on like what makes you money because you got bills
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: but and, and modeling was making me money um i would have loved to you know get into acting even earlier and even now there's so much still that like we're working on we just got word this morning about a potential feature in bad boys 3 so there's oh, definitely nice. things developing which i'm super excited for but i mean at first it was just like the focus on what was making me money and what was helping to pay my bills
0: <laughs> now how does that uh did, you, did you, uh, you, you audition for Bad Boys 3?
2: No, actually, I have not auditioned. Um, I, just got, I just got word about it this morning that um, they wanted me for potentially two scenes. Nothing has been finalized yet. It was a, like more of a direct booking.
0: Okay. Well, that's awesome. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. I know. I'm grateful. <laughs> and that's just,
0: and that's, that, that'd be your, your second film?
2: yes yep yep as long as everything gets finalized and we receive you know the contract and everything that'll be the second film we're i mean we just got worried about it this morning if everything falls through cor- correctly i'll be shooting actually next week in miami
0: that's awesome that's that's badass i can't that's what yeah i'm excited uh, that's for gonna you be dope. i'm excited martin for Lawrence you and will smith Hell that's yeah.
2: gonna be amazing yeah
0: in fact hey is actually isn't uh martin Lawrence is in the beach bum huh
2: he is, yep, he is. So this you, will be his second film we're in together if things fall through correctly. Yes.
0: Oh, cool. Did so y'all worked on scenes together in the Beach Bum?
2: No, so in the Beach Bum, because I play love interest to Matthew, all my scenes. Well, I should clarify too because there's, there's, um, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, sorry. Um, because all my scenes were with Matthew McConaughey. Um. What ended up happening is, like, him and I were the only ones shooting when I was shooting. Um, there are quite a few scenes, actually, that ended up getting cut from the beach bum, unfortunately. Um, but I, I I ended up crossing paths with um, Martin Lawrence at our screening at South by Southwest. So that was our first time meeting. We I believe we all stayed in the same resort, but when I would have breaks from shooting, I was actually going straight home to my family and then coming back um, when I was needed. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's fun. It's fun to be in a live the live the Hollywood dream, just, you know,
2: yeah, it's cool. It's definitely <laughs> pretty cool.
0: So, uh, so you're sitting around, you're having fun uh, modeling. And mm-hmm. uh, how do you how'd you get that role in the beach bum?
2: Yeah, so honestly, um, I had a meeting with the head of my agency in Miami and then, um, my agent who I work with directly, um, after my meeting, she was like, you know, we have this Universal Studios casting. We'd really like you to go to like, can you stay in town any longer? So I just happened to stay in town a little longer and um, I went to the casting and I didn't find this out actually until like a few months later, the casting that I attended was actually like the final cut meaning that the women who were at that casting had gone through multiple auditions to get to that point. And I was just brought in last minute because of the way that my agent was advocating for me, Like she really wanted me to be there. She was directing myself to um, Harmony Corinne and was really kind of pushing for me. And so when I was in there, I'm not going to lie, I was intimidated, you know, like, I I don't have a long acting resume, there's gorgeous, drop-dead gorgeous girls who have, like, credentials to match, you know, what they're auditioning for, and so, um, I auditioned, and I was, I was actually one of the first to audition, myself and, um, Vanessa Marie were the first to audition, she's a girl I actually auditioned with, um, she's actually in the film as well, but we auditioned actually together, and, um, Harmony Korine asked me if I was okay with being topless in the film, and I said I was. And um, he asked me to remove my top, and <laughs> I did the th- did the reading over <laughs> topless. And then um, I was told that you know I, I was you know clear to go back home. And um, I want to say on my layover on my way home, I ended up getting the message and being told that they were picking between myself and another girl for the part in the film. And uh, a few days later, they confirmed that they had chosen me.
0: That's cool. How, uh, yeah. So how how comfortable is is a scene like that?
2: Um, so I'm really comfortable with my body in real life. I'm naked lie. Um <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of interesting because a lot of our scenes are shot in the middle of the ocean. And another thing, again, when I say a lot of our scenes, it's because there were scenes that we shot that didn't actually make the film but the scenes that we were shooting again they were in the middle of the ocean and so we had a set boat and then we had another boat with the crew on it so it's like 60 i would say like maybe 30 to 50 people on this boat and they're watching me so that was really interesting i was comfortable um with matthew and i was comfortable with harmony like again like with modeling you're changing in front of people all the time so it's never Anything. It's never something to feel uncomfortable about. It was just really interesting to have, like, a separate boat, maybe 20 feet out, and everyone's looking at you. <laughs> that was kind of interesting, yeah. You'd say, close
0: your eyes, damn it! <laughs> no, I'm,
2: joking. Now I'm just like, make sure they look perky, you know? Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: so, uh, what was it like working directly with uh, Matthew McConaughey?
2: It was a really great experience. It was really, really, like, calming. I definitely thought that I was going to be nervous. Um, when we first got onto the set boat together, he introduced himself as um, his character name, so Moondog. And he was just talking to me and kind of setting the scene. And so he was telling me, you know, like, we're supposed to look like we're fresh from making love. And what he did is, so we both had personal assistants, um, actually, on the, on the boat that we were, that we were filming on. And so he asked his personal assistant for some oil. And he took oil and started rubbing like my the top half of my body, my arms and my back. And it was kind of like a way to definitely make me a bit more comfortable. And obviously this is this was now my first time ever interacting with him, period. So I think I, you know, like needing that time to just talk before we started filming definitely was very, very beneficial. And then obviously like while we were filming, we were using the sunlight as um, the light for the film. So anytime there was cloud coverage over the sun we would take a break. So there was a lot of really, like, you know, personal conversations, professional conversations. We spoke about his family and, you know, the things that they do. And then also he was asking me about, you know, where I'm from and what I'm trying to do. And so it, it was a really, really great experience that I was really, really thankful for. Um,
0: yeah. What, what are some of the uh, the biggest learning... What are, what are some of the learning experiences you've had while working on the film?
2: Oh... Um, I think my biggest thing that I've learned, I wouldn't even say in the film, because there's so much surrounding the film, and on a production side, and a publication side, I think the biggest thing I'm really learning is kind of like the other side of the business, honestly, like, I, I, you know, I've always focused on more so developing myself as a talent. But I'm really realizing that in order to really like, make a name for yourself, you have to focus on branding yourself. You have to focus on your knowledge of the business. So I would say more than just the film, the film has introduced me into a different world that I have not been in. So it's like I'm learning more and more about the entertainment industry, but not from a sense of like being the talent, but from a sense of business. So I would say that's kind of like more so what I'm learning right now. I've definitely had to be in contact with... Um, production myself and figure out certain things. And even when we were done filming, I needed to make sure that my, you know, my name was listed correctly in the credits and just, it was a lot of different communication points that I actually have never had to deal with before because I've always had someone representing me. But this film put me in a position where I kind of, you know, has definitely had to advocate for myself. Um, and then now with me being in LA, I've got Neela that I'm working with. So that's definitely been a huge help.
0: That, yeah, that sounds, sounds real helpful. I mean, uh, it's really yeah. cool to have, you know, Cause it is hard. Like I was telling, um, I was just telling somebody else that you know, there's just like, there's an abundance, an abundance amount of talent and people trying to get their yep. name out there, and you have to be like that needle in a haystack, upon haystack, really? upon haystack, upon yeah. haystack. You know, and so, uh, and so when you get that I, shot, you got to yep. take everything you can. You got to learn all. you – You have to take every every advantage you can with everything you're given and use that going forward
2: yeah and what's so crazy is if like if you were to ask me now like i don't i don't feel like i've made it i feel like i have an opportunity and i need to leverage my opportunity to the best of my ability like like with you exactly what you're saying exactly what you're saying about you know there being so much talent there's crazy talent everywhere but a lot of people are not seen by the right people and so that is kind of a huge hindrance social media definitely is helping out with that a bit more but obviously like you know some people you know definitely don't get the exposure that they deserve and like you know even with me having the opportunity of like you know my next opportunity going into you know bad boys three still don't know exactly the role that i'm gonna have you know there but I'm still developing as a talent. You know, I'm I'm blessed to be in the positions that I'm in so far, but I'm still looking for, like, my star role.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so, uh, obviously, you're you're going, you know, from The Beach Bum to Bad Boys 3. These are two, I mean, both of these films have big talent in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, you, are you scouting around on more things? Are you just going from project to project? Or do you have other <laughs> things on the table lined up?
2: Definitely a few other things in 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 the talks of being lined up Um, My focus mainly as of lately has definitely been taking care of like the premieres that are coming up with the beach bomb Um, like I said, we had our our last premiere actually in uh, South by Southwest in Austin, Texas I believe there's talks of another premiere in Miami and then also, you know shooting with uh, Potentially, you know bad boys three. So there's just like so much to sort through even with there being other options on the table, I'm definitely looking at prioritizing like, what's most important. Like you were saying, being a talent and having talent out there is awesome, but it's like you kind of have to like leverage your point. And so with these premieres, it's kind of like using this time to make sure that like, the public is becoming familiar with like who London Seabreeze is exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's cool. And you, and you have the fun. I mean, that's a, that's a unique name. I, it's also great to have a unique name that people, yeah, can, yeah. people can latch on to you know
2: yeah definitely
0: so um so is this a uh, is this a full-time career for you the uh the filmmaking stuff are you going to go back to modeling are you going to try to balance both
2: i would love to balance both um like i said i'm still a developing talent so i'm i definitely have a regular life um I'm traveling like crazy, but I still have a regular job back at home in Minneapolis. I try to balance actually all three when it comes to modeling and to acting and to my regular life. Definitely would love to be able to focus all my efforts on the modeling and acting combined equally. Um, But as of right now, I mean, as opportunities continue to roll in, definitely I'll be able to, you know, make some changes in my personal life to accommodate my professional life. But right now, it's been more like a balancing act between all three, to be honest.
0: What was it like working with the, uh, the director?
2: Harmony is so cool. <laughs> um, so he, I mean, I don't know if, you know, most of your viewers are familiar with Harmony Corinne, but he has done kids. Which is a, a you know older older like classic cult film, and then he also did Spring Breaker. So like his whole vibe is like just kind of like a psychedelic, cool, like laid back vibe. And it was funny because when we were on our way to the set boat, he had given me like a monologue of like a short version of my lines, and so he was like, you know, just read through that. And then we got to the set boat, and he was like, don't remember anything that I just told you to read. Honestly, I just want you to like improvise and you know. <laughs> have your own experience with matthew i just want it to be natural so that really put ease on me especially being like you know a newer actress and like being working with someone like matthew you want to make sure you execute executing it like to perfection especially when you're working with also someone like harmony corinne you want to make sure you're bringing their vision to life but for him to just put it like you know what go ahead and improv that took a whole weight of the world off my shoulders so <laughs> he is super cool super light-hearted um amazing guy to work for i mean if the chance ever came again, I would love to work with him again. Um, and even like just just the way he wrote the film, I, I really can't wait for your viewers to see it. It is just so like just trippy, psychedelic, funny. Did you uh,
0: did you improv all your scenes, or did you try to uh, stick to the script a little bit?
2: Um, there was no sticking to the script. It was very very <laughs> much so
0: improv. <laughs> well, that's fun. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm sure I'm sure most act, uh, actors would love to work that way. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, you constantly hear stories of some people are just so particular. They want you to line by line and motion by motion. I think they were talking about how uh, Quentin Tarantino is really, really like that. Like, if you get anything wrong, he, like, flips out and freaks out. So, uh, it's I just- can
2: totally imagine that. I mean, as a director, you would... you would. I mean, it's your baby, you know? Like, it's, it is your birth child. So how it's projected to the public has to be, like, to your liking. So I could definitely see, you know, a director being, like, this is exactly how it needs to be. That's definitely probably hella nerve-wracking for most people. In my position, working with Harmony, like, that was really dope, just given the fact that it gave me, like, artistic creativity and freedom as well. So, yeah.
0: So are you, uh... are you So what, what do you think... I guess you haven't done it yet, but, like, uh... Are you, are you ready? Are you prepared for that director to scream at you and yell at you?
2: <laughs> I am, you know? I... I i definitely have a very very high tolerance you know at the end of the day i know that my focus is a bigger feature you know working on bigger films and becoming bigger as a talent myself and i understand that that comes with a lot of like self-discipline and also being able to take you know direction and direction doesn't always come you know nicely or smoothly so my main focus is i can i can I can take away my emotions or my thoughts as long as the job is getting done and the bigger picture is, we're working towards the bigger goal, in my opinion. So like I said, my goal is to be, you know, an A-list artist, you know, an A-list actress. So if if that means that I have to like, you know, self-discipline and be around someone very strict about, you know, how they do their film, I'm all for that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. My last question was uh, was where do you see yourself in five years? But you kind of uh, you've kind of already said it. But if you want to well, go ahead and, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna be a, a household name in five years. So. That's all I'm focused on. <laughs> definitely gonna continue to develop my brand. You know, like I stated, my my focus is definitely on bigger features and um, having like you know really more like predominant roles where people are like, that's London Seabreeze. Um, me being in this film with the beach bum, like I said, that like you know some 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 scenes were cut, so you will see me. Um, but I, I I definitely want to become more of a serious you know. A known serious actress could not you, just you know not just arm candy that's great and i appreciate that but i you know i yeah. want to become involved in like you know thrillers or, or horror films just you know something with a little bit more seriousness to it
0: could you uh could you describe some of the scenes that were cut
2: yes so there was a snake scene um, it's a scene of me and matthew McConaughey and um, i'm massaging his feet and he's playing the drums for me and while he's playing the drums the snake is actually around his neck it's like a yellow and white snake and in this fil- in this in this particular scene rather i'm topless so matthew's feet are in my lap He's kind of reclined back. The snake is around his neck. So every time they started filming, the snake would come from around Matthew's neck, slither down his entire body and come directly to me. So I am like terrified of snakes. To be honest with you, <laughs> and every take, the only reason why they stopped filming was because Matt. You could see like I was so uncomfortable, and he was like, "You know what? Like he, he he actually found it comical. He was laughing at me a lot during that scene, and that was one scene that I really feel like I knew wasn't necessarily going to make the film, only because just I, I mean I have the beh- behind the scenes of it myself in my phone, and I watch it often, and I just laugh because you can see like I could, I could not stay in character. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs>
0: Well that's funny. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. You should have a snake coming at you. Yeah.
2: coming at you in, in topless. So it's like I'm thinking it's gonna bite my breath.
0: You should do uh you should do naked and afraid. Should be uh, yeah. should be your next Th-
2: that's more up my alley,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> naked and afraid.
2: That would have been perfect for that scene. I, I. and what's funny too is in the film they have me like smoking like a a, a fake blunt. And so, to try to keep my focus off the snake, I just kept trying to puff. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I I tried. I was doing breathing exercises. It was not working at all. So,
0: well, that's that's funny story. That's good. Good. You know, yeah.
2: You know, maybe one day. You know, if if the director allows us, maybe we'll be able to release the behind the scenes of it, and we can all (laughs)
0: laugh. Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's really fun to have you on. Uh. Is there anything that I left out that you would like to talk about, that you would like to mention, you'd like to plug uh, before we conclude here?
2: No, I would say definitely, I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, definitely find me on social media to keep up with my new projects. Um, As of lately, I've been definitely working more so on branding, and so I'll be putting out more of my projects that I'm working on. My um, social media handle is London Seabreeze, exactly like how everything sounds, Um, no funky spelling. But, Adam, I wanted to thank you, too, for having me on your show. We really appreciate
0: it. Oh, no problem. You know? And, uh, hey, when you uh, – don't forget the little guys when you're uh, too big, when you get too big for us.
2: Yeah, not at all. <laughs> and, yeah, I wanted, make, I wanted to make sure, too, that um, the listeners know that the Beach Bum is actually coming out March 29th in theaters all across the country.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and this episode should be available uh, March 28th, so it's all going to be good.
2: Sounds good. All Adam, we really appreciate your time.
0: All right, thank you. You have a good night. You have a
2: good night. Thank
0: you. Thank you.